This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Tonic, heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. There are so many health benefits to dancing. When you're dancing, you're using your entire body for the most part, so you're not just focused on one muscle group. Dancing, you can also control the impact of the workout. Plus, it's fun. It helps you get in touch with your creative side. It's great for self-expression, and it's great for your memory. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness-related issues. On today's show, we're going to discuss the health benefits of Mighty Magnesium. Then we're going to learn how dancing can help you get fit. And lastly, we're going to explore why spring is the time to make changes in your health. But first, a bit of business. Support for today's show comes from Purica. Inspired by nature and backed by science, Purica creates new horizons in health and wellness by empowering you with the finest whole foods, supplements, and lifestyle solutions. The Purica vision is a world where you achieve your fullest potential in every aspect of life, work, and play. Purica products are inspired by nature and are all vegan, non-GMO, and gluten-free. Purica, a winner of Science and Technology Awards for Innovation, is Canadian-owned and Canadian-operated and proud to serve the world around us. Purica Natural Supplements are also backed by science and Health Canada approved, studied, tested, validated. Our first guest is Tanya Ritko. She's a registered holistic nutritionist and a strong advocate of balanced, integrative approach to health. Tanya's core interests include stress management and optimizing immunity. She represents Purica, a complete wellness company, as director of education. As a new mother, her passion for plant-based whole food nutrition has only increased especially around natural supplements designed to enhance immunity for her family members of all ages. She can be reached at tanya at purica.com. Hi, Tanya. Welcome back to The Tonic. Thanks for having me here. It's great. Today, we're going to learn all about magnesium, which is good because I know nothing about magnesium. Mm, oh, good, because it's such an important mineral, so it's great. How would you know if you have a need for magnesium, you have a deficiency? You know, the best way is some symptoms, and they can also mirror, you know, another condition, but oftentimes, even if that's the case, you still can be magnesium deficient. And there's a huge amount of symptoms, anxiety, headaches and migraines, you know, headaches, irritability, muscle twitches. Have you ever got that? I have. Twitch in your eye? I have. Uh, tingling hands and feet, confusion, nervousness, chest pain. Those are just some. There's a lot of uh, lists, but actually, it's that's one of the best ways is just the symptoms to tell or determine that. Uh, and also the thing is that at least, and this is probably conservative, 40% of us are deficient in magnesium. So there's a strong possibility that you could be deficient. I was going to say, you know, a lot of the, the laundry list that you listed, mm. I would think most of us suffer from time to time. Mm-hmm. So would you recommend like sort of taking magnesium before you go to your doctor with these symptoms or, or like, because some of them are serious, some of them are less so, right? You know, exactly. Like, um, it, it actually, magnesium is so responsible for over 300 enzymatic processes in the body is cofactor for. So 
it's such an important thing. It's actually, you know, our heart can't beat without magnesium. Like, it's huge, huge amount of things. So it's great. You know, it's in a lot of people, of course, try and get the magnesium-rich foods in their diet, which is definitely recommended. You know, those leafy greens, nuts and seeds, almonds, and refined, but they're still not getting what they need either because our soils are depleted of minerals and also stress depletes our minerals. The stress fight or flight response actually can, uh, it uses up our magnesium and then when we have less magnesium we actually feel more stressed. So it has a, it's a bit of a vicious circle. Hmm. So even, even to make sure, of course, always go to your doctor if you have symptoms for sure. There might be another issue, but also, you know, adding magnesium is pretty key. And you mentioned heart health. What is the yes. connection between magnesium and heart health? Magnesium is so important for the function of our muscle function. And the hardest working muscle in our body is our heart. So it's important for the entire circulatory system. And the other thing is it's also a counterbalance for calcium. So excessive amounts of calcium without magnesium can lead to calcium deposits, so clogging and stiffening of the arteries. So it's really important for that. And also, as I mentioned about stress, if you're stressed out and that fight or flight, that adrenaline response, that actually can, the stress reaction in the body depletes your magnesium. And then, of course, that creates more stress and more depletion in that vicious circle I was mentioning. Hmm. So there's a strong connection between the heart. In fact, actually, it has been used, just to give an idea, it has been used intravenously in hospital settings to reduce the risk of death after a heart attack, acute heart attack. So it's been, it's, you know, significant in your whole body, but, you know, your heart, a huge connection with your heart. Okay, so other than the heart, and you mentioned the declogging arteries, what else does magnesium do for us? Well, actually, also transmitting nerve signals which Hmm. is really important for brain function, development and maintenance of our bones and teeth, so osteoporosis is always really important in that regard, and it can also help with impact of anxiety. In fact, actually, if you don't have enough magnesium, uh, you need it to produce serotonin, the neurotransmitter, and that helps regulate our mood, our appetite, sleep, cognitive function. So low levels of serotonin have been linked to depression, so it's really big in that way, and relaxing our muscles. So if you're working out, really important, helps metabolize our food, and of course the cofactor in all these enzyme processes in the body. So there's a lot more, but that kind of is in some of the roles that it does play. Those are the highlights. Yes. So can we get magnesium from our regular food intake? You can get magnesium. It's great to incorporate magnesium foods like the leafy greens, the nuts and seeds, and all those the unrefined whole grains. But it's ideal to do that. But it's really tough with our soils depleted and also environmental stressors to get enough magnesium. And that's why, um, and of course, with more stress in our life and being depleted, you just, it's really, you, a lot of us really need to supplement. And it's not a bad idea. It's actually a very good idea to supplement. A lot of people are to ensure that they get the optimum daily dose of their, you know, magnesium. Okay. So for an adult, and you can help me with this, like do men and women need the same amounts of magnesium and what sort of dosage would you be looking for? Well, what is recommended, of course, you can get as much as you want from food, but when it's coming to supplementation, they recommend 350 milligrams of magnesium. So that's about, you know, one teaspoon when you're supplementing, uh, about, you know, approximately. And that can just make sure that you get the optimum daily dose. So you don't want to take too much, but that is the recommended amount. That would be, you know, making sure that you're able to get those optimal amount every day. 
And so what forms of magnesium are available to the consumer? There's, you know, there's a number of different forms available. You know, there's magnesium citrate, magnesium oxide, magnesium glycinate. I personally um, recommend and take the glycinate form because it's a really highly absorbable form. It's easy on the stomach and it doesn't have that laxative effect. So that's, that's one that I take. Of course, there's other forms, but that's the one that I have found to be the, the best for me and, and the one that I recommend. Okay, and if that's not available, what other forms are there? There's magnesium citrate, there's oxide, there's a number of other ones. There's a list of several, but uh, it's looking for one that is absorbable if you're looking the, you know, the absorbable and being able to easy on the stomach so you don't have the laxative effect. That's the, the big thing, too. And a lot of times that you're not able to, you want to make sure that you can absorb it and uh, that, that you're not too sensitive to it. So. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you for coming into the show today. Uh, I look forward to having you back next month. Yes. Uh, what are we going to discuss when we come back uh, next yeah, month? We're going to discuss, and we sort of touched on that a little bit about heart health. So such an important, absolutely, such an important thing for all of us. Fantastic. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we're going to discuss how dancing can help you get fit on the tonic. The Benvenuto Group is an owner and developer of quality high-rise condominium and rental properties in Toronto and Montreal. The Benvenuto team is passionate about delivering quality living spaces, top lifestyle amenities, important services, and innovative design tailored specifically to its residents in every particular submarket. The Benvenuto Group seeks out the finest urban neighborhoods and designs projects to allow its residents to enjoy the benefits of both their property and the exceptional locations that they become a part of. The team surrounds itself with leading professionals and consultants and pushes them to conceive great places to live, to work, and to play. The Benvenuto Group is currently designing several new projects in Toronto, Montreal, and Chicago that will not only become exceptional places to live as an owner or as a renter, but that will deliver some of the highest levels of sustainability, energy efficiency, and comfort, and will set the standard for informed residents. For more information, please visit thebenvenuto.com. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Angelica Scanura is the host of Angelica's Dance Workout on One TV. On the show, Angelica takes viewers through a series of dance routines that they can follow along. Through her training and competition, she's learned to master the dance disciplines of flamenco, Middle Eastern, Irish, ballet, and belly. Angelica, welcome to The Tonic. Hi, thank you for having me. So, you know, we're a health and wellness show here. That's what we do. So what are the health benefits of dance? There are so many health benefits to dancing. First of all, when you're dancing, you're using your entire body for the most part. So you're not just focused on one muscle group. Dancing, you can also control the impact of the workout. So let's say you have an injury or you're older yes, and you can't do things that have a high... Or you're uncoordinated. Or you're uncoordinated. Coordination takes time to develop. It takes a lot of time and patience. So yeah, maybe you're uncoordinated. There's always 
something basic that you can do. And then what I like to do with my fusion dance workouts is always have a place to go. And those there's really never an end to that. Plus, it's fun. It helps you get in touch with your creative side. It's great for self-expression. And it's great for your memory. Okay. So for a person like me, who is not coordinated, <laughs> do you have to have sort of a baseline fitness level to participate in dancing? I mean... If you have worked out before, if you've done some kind of physical activity, which most people have at some point. I mean, I I can walk down the street and chew gum at the same time. Yes, yes, that's fine. (laughs) You don't really need to be coordinated. I teach people that are uncoordinated all the time and they get frustrated because they think it's something that you're born with. But coordination takes time to develop. I mean, when you're a baby, you you don't know how to walk, you don't know how to crawl, you work up to that. And then from there, you start to create movements. This is what I do for my students that are based off of walking. So things develop from very basic things that humans already do. And then from there, it develops and progresses until suddenly you're doing like a salsa step or a cha-cha step where you're going right, left, right, left, right, left, and you're using your arms and one day it all clicks, but it takes time. Yeah, to, to get good at anything, it's gonna it's gonna take practice. Yeah. Right? What did Malcolm Gladwell say? Thousand hours before you become proficient. Ten thousand hours. Ten thousand. Yes. Yeah, that seems more daunting. Ugh. You describe your style as fusion. So, which styles are incorporated in in the dance that you're doing on the show? So, in Angelica's dance workout, there's always a baseline of belly dancing, mainly because I like. Uh, how the legs are used in belly dancing. Legs are a big deal in belly dancing, which you wouldn't expect. Not the, I would have thought the hips, right? Yeah, but the legs control the hips. Okay. So the hips are just along for the ride and are a side effect of you working the legs correctly. I'm glad this is radio because if this were TV, we'd be doing demos and it would be completely humiliating to I'm me. I'm glad Karen, this isn't TV because my hair is dirty. <laughs> I'm, I don't look very glamorous right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad this isn't TV because I don't have any hair. Okay, now I have one up to you. <laughs> I'm glad this isn't TV because I have a coffee stain on my sweatshirt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Reasons why we're glad that this isn't on TV. So, yeah, back to the question. The other kinds of fusion are flamenco. So yep. I involve some Spanish arms and hands because that's really good for people who can't really stand up for long periods of time. Yes, and you do palmas, the hand clapping, and that's a rhythmic thing, which is great for coordination. It's a good brain exercise. And then from there, I dabble in contemporary dance, Irish dance, a little bit of Hawaiian dance in the last episode, some samba, some tango. Wow. Just little flecks of things. All over the world. Yes. So is your dance style suitable for all ages or or is it for the young folk? It's definitely for all ages. Now, as I mentioned uh, before where there's certain progressions to steps, like things can always get harder. Right. That's definitely where you'd see the difference. The good news is people that are older and less mobile can stick with the baseline step. Yeah, we don't mean to be ageist. There's plenty of people no. who, are, who are older who have fantastic fluidity and great mobility. Yes, exactly. It really depends on the person, their individual experience, what they've been through in life. I mean, people have had car accidents. People have taken salsa lessons with their spouses, people like Pilates, you know. So creating the show, I had an understanding of that. Do you get to pick the music for the show? Yes, I picked the music for the show. Which is fun. I I 
teach spin classes and my favorite part oh. is, is putting together the playlist for, for the class, right? Yes. The music makes a huge difference. It does. So what can viewers expect from your show if they were to tune in? Viewers can expect to first of all like it's fun to just watch on right. its own like I have different costumes for every episode all my costumes you didn't bring are... any costumes in today I'm disappointed <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm sorry you got like bargain basement Angelica today <laughs> if you watch the show you'll be like oh this person actually puts herself together quite well <laughs> there'll, be no, there'll be no pictures for social media after this <laughs> no no definitely not today but um, it's a beautiful show it's a gorgeous show there's there's over 20 mirrors in the back um, so you can see all the moves from every angle I have a fantastic group of backup dancers that show modifications and when you when you participate yourself you can expect to to laugh I mean I'm not one of those people that's taking everything so seriously all the time one of my pet peeves in dance classes over the years is the fact that people are so serious all the time so i i'm constantly reminding you that it's okay to look like a goof it's okay to laugh at yourself and uh, once you can get beyond that and the format of the show once you get used to it how things develop then you can have a really great time and dance along dance along. Thank you for coming in today. We've got to take a short break, uh, but when we return, we're going to learn why spring is the best time to change your health habits on The Tonic. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to take this opportunity to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Purely Natural. They're fourth generation master herbalists. It's a family-owned Canadian company that's been in business for over 100 years. They've been working with my company, Tonic Magazine, for over 10 years, and its principal, Joel Thuna, has been writing our fantastic preventative medicine column for over seven years. They're one of the original sponsors for the OMTO Yoga Festival. The company is certified GMP, kosher, and organic. For more information about Purely Natural, please visit their website, purelynatural.com. Hi, this is Jamie Busson. I'm not only the host of The Tonic, I'm also the host of OMTO, Toronto's best free outdoor yoga festival. Imagine taking as many as nine free yoga classes in the beautiful distillery district with hundreds of people just like you. All you need to do is bring your yoga mat and your good intentions. Please join us at the distillery district on Sunday, June 24th. For more information, please visit omto.ca. See you there. You're listening to The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Our next guest, Claire LaGraley, is a registered holistic nutritionist who's on a mission to empower people to food freedom. She graduated from the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and runs her private practice in Toronto and online. Claire compassionately helps her clients rediscover their relationship with food. Her guiding principle is to start where you are. Claire wrote about letting go to find your strength in the context of making changes in the April issue of Tonic Magazine. Welcome back to The Tonic, Claire. Thanks for having me. So how would our listeners know if their basic needs are being neglected? Yeah, so some of the common issues that I see come up in my practice are feeling exhausted all the time. Yes. Feeling burnt out from never truly shutting off. So maybe kind of, you know, sort of checking out from work, but then checking your email at night. So yep. never really disconnecting. 
And something literally. I, yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. And um, something I see quite commonly in my nutrition practice are people who turn to food in the evening, yes. often as a reward for having gotten through a really busy and stressful day. Yep. And you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with eating certain foods at night, but I think when people aren't enjoying it, like they're just, it's not something that they're really enjoying, then really that that's something to look at in terms of something's being neglected here and, and there's room there for exploration around that behavior. Yeah, unfortunately for me, I enjoy the food late at night and it mm-hmm. becomes, you know, when everybody's asleep and, you know, like I'm downstairs still, you know, that's sneaking into the kitchen to sort of get that. And, and it's a it's a purely emotional thing, right? It's emotional eating when you're eating at that time of night because, you know, if you've had food throughout the day, you're not really hungry. It could be boredom. It could just be, as you said, a reward for a stressful day. And for me, it's, it's not a good thing. Yeah, I think you touched on a few really important points there. And for each person, I think it's important to be able to clearly identify if it is in fact a hunger thing or if it is an emotional thing. And really commonly, I'll see people who are are sharing that it is an emotional choice, it's an emotional eating problem. And that very well could be the case. But what I like to first address is, are you getting your basic needs met? So you said just there, you know, if you're eating enough throughout the day, that piece is so, so important. And I think that particularly if we've sort of fallen under the umbrella of dieting at some point in our life, I really commonly see that people are not eating enough throughout the day. They might think that they are, or they might feel better that they're eating just a little bit less when in fact they're not getting enough. And then what happens is, at the end of the night, when they're a little bit more relaxed, they're very hungry and it kind of yep. comes on with this ferocity. Also, you're tired, you know, decision fatigue is real, right? So all these things that can contribute to eating a lot in one sitting, which is very uncomfortable and distressing, could be emotional. But again, I would want to first address are you eating enough and regularly throughout the day? Yeah, you know, and sometimes, you know, I'll work out in the evening and, you know, I'll, I'll eat dinner after or I'll have eaten dinner and then work out. And it's almost as though, oh, you know, I worked out, so it's okay if I grab this or that to eat because I've already burned some calories, which is sort of, it's not the correct way of approaching it, but I, I understand that. So if someone like me is struggling with stress eating in the evening, what would you recommend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Very much to what I was just speaking of is is making sure you're getting enough throughout the day. And so a little background in terms of what could be happening. So if, yep. if you were saying to me, you know, I'm having this problem with stressing eating at night. So that's telling me that you're stressed, oh, yeah. you know, throughout the day. And what can happen... When I don't need you to tell me <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> and so when we're stressed, what can happen when we're in that fight or flight stress response? Yeah. Stress hormones are released and they can throw off our blood sugar, yep. which makes it harder to hear our hunger and then respond in a timely manner. So we can kind of coast through our day in the sort of like low-grade hunger, never super hungry, like just eating enough. We get home, we slip into this, you know, rest and digest state. And that's when we get that very strong sort of ferocious desire to eat. So I would look at first what you're eating. Are you eating, you know, a a balance of, you know, carbs, proteins, and fats about every three hours throughout the day? 
if you're not feeling particularly hungry because you're stressed, you can try things like smoothies or, you know, soups. Sometimes liquids are a little bit easier to get down. Right. Sometimes setting a timer is also helpful if the your natural hunger cues aren't coming up. Yeah, you're recommending like grazing, right? Like as opposed to necessarily eating three meals when you say eating every three hours. If you're doing something like that, though, you can't have your you know your your full meals and then eat, you know, every you, three hours. Yeah, right? so I think you do the best that you can given your own unique situation. Right. So. Let's say you're you're just really struggling to eat in general because you're so stressed and you're on the go all the time. As a nutritionist, I would say let's prioritize food as right. often as you can and get it in. You know, hearing more about someone's unique picture is where the sort of personalized recommendations would come in. But I would say as a whole, we want to avoid going longer than about three to four hours without eating, especially if we're stressed because low blood sugar is going to make your body feel more stressed. So it's just going to like compound the stress that's already going on. And then you're going to feel like you have less resources and resiliency with the stress. Right. So it's it's really sort of that foundation to be able to move through the stress that you're experiencing versus something you'll get to after a stressful day. It's really sort of, it's the preventative part of moving through your stressful day. And what do you tell people who are frustrated? You know, people fall into patterns. So what would you tell them and, you know, just baseline advice? Yeah, I really like that question because I think a lot of people really get stuck in their struggle and they start to kind of get into this really self-critical loop of, you know, why can't I get through this? Everyone else is figuring it out. And what I like to offer to people is to take a step back and instead of berating yourself for the struggle, can you look at the struggle with curiosity, right? So if we use your example as like the night eating example, instead of, you know, waking up and being like, feeling bad, feeling maybe some shame around it, frustration, you might take a step back and say, like, what happened? You know, what happened yesterday that brought me to that experience? You know, looking at your struggles with curiosity instead of criticism can loosen the grip on the struggle, which kind of allows you to enter in with a bit more discovery and show you some ways of doing things differently versus just sitting in this sort of self-critical spot, which doesn't allow for options. You're just there. So I'd say... Switching the narrative from criticism to curiosity can open up opportunities for change. That's great advice. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. Uh, Next month, we're going to talk about body image, though, right? Yes. Can't wait. Well, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Jamie. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can download this episode as a podcast on zoomerradio.ca and thetonic.ca. For articles written about Angelica Scanura or by Claire Legrelli, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighbourhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at tonictoronto.com. Please join us next week on The Tonic when we'll discuss the prevention and natural treatment of headaches, yoga as a medium for change, and top tips for cleansing. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.